You're listening to the Writing Wall Podcast, and I'm your host, Stacey Hawks. Every second and fourth Saturday of the month, I will be here at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and many other platforms. This podcast is designed for indie authors to have a platform to share their books, their poetry, and their stories. We also feature well-known and traditional writers that are from my home state of North Carolina, while also featuring local writers from my backyard right here in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of Allegheny County. You can connect with us on Twitter at The Writing Wall or on Instagram at WritingsOnTheWall85 and grab our links there to our website so that you can keep up with what's happening with our monthly newsletter. Newsletters go out the first of every month and you can also sign up to follow us on the Wix app because everyone has a story. We want to hear yours. What is your story? and welcome to this special episode of the Writing Wall Podcast. I'm here with North Carolina native and author John Bear. John is a photographer, songwriter, and former journalist who has worked for more than two decades in the nonprofit sector. And with John Dixon, he wrote songs for a 2019 album titled Lassie James Songbook, Volume 1. Along the way, he has developed an appreciation for biscuits, whiskey, and live music. John shares his story with us this evening. John, welcome to the Writing Wall Podcast. Tell listeners a little about yourself. Hi, I'm John Baer. I'm a North Carolina native. I was born in Winston-Salem, and I grew up outside of Raleigh. Worked as a journalist and attended the University of North Carolina, and ended up staying there and, and living in Chapel Hill for a while and going to graduate school. Completed a PhD in journalism and mass communication research. So I've written a lot over the years in journalism and in academia and in the nonprofit sector where I've worked. And then Fair Skin Brunette with the Porcelain Shine is my first novel. So it's a mystery novel, and I learned within mystery there's sub-genres. Within that, mine is an amateur sleuth, as they call it, meaning it's not a professional detective. The protagonist, the lead figure in my book, is a man named Lassiter James Battle. It goes by the shorthand Lassie James. And the other sub-genre I learned about is cozy mystery. It's used to describe books where there's not a lot of blood and gore in the mystery. It's not a police procedural. So mine's a mystery set in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And within mystery, the subgenres are amateur sleuth and cozy mystery. What is your latest book, Fair Skinned Brunette with a Porcelain Shine, about? The Fair Skinned Brunette with the Porcelain Shine is set in Chapel Hill. And Lassiter James Battle, who goes by the name Lassie James, has been working as a journalist in the U.S. and in London and comes back to Chapel Hill uh, for graduate school. The journalism world is suffering economic uh, difficulties and jobs are disappearing. And so in this case, uh, Lassie James makes the transition from a working journalist to graduate student anticipating becoming a faculty member. And into his life comes a woman, um, Holly Pike, who he was engaged to as an undergraduate and she returns 30 years later to Chapel Hill and they reconnect. And so part of the book is a love story and what happens when we wonder about that person we loved or thought we loved 30 years ago and it didn't work out and we wonder what would have happened if we had stayed together or what would happen if we reconnect. And Lassie James's close friend also, this also happens in the book uh, early, is his mentor and faculty member. 
faculty advisor in his graduate work, and this man is murdered on campus. And that sets forth a, a series of events where Lassie James has lost his close friend and mentor, is reconnecting with a old girlfriend, and trying to solve a, a murder in the middle of the campus of the University of North Carolina. So let's talk title for a moment. How did you come up with the title for this book? The title of the book, Fair Skin Brunette with the Porcelain Shine, is language I had in my head, kind of dreamy language that my character Lassie James had in his head about this woman to whom he was engaged when they were young college students. And he remembers her as this amazing, bright, beautiful woman, the fair skinned brunette with the porcelain shine. He hasn't seen her in 30 years in person. She's gained some fame in the, the business world. And so he's seen her in media media coverage and news stories. And in the book, they reconnect in person for the first time in 30 years. So back into his life returns the fair-skinned brunette with the porcelain shine. This woman who in his mind, in, in Lassie's mind, as he recalls the long ago days of their youth was this perfect, beautiful woman who ran away from him days before they were about to get married. What inspired this story? After writing a lot of journalism and over the years in writing academic papers, I was interested in writing a mystery. My late wife was a mystery fan and introduced me to mysteries. And it really started with the character, Lassiter James Battle. I was interested in this man who had lived in Chapel Hill and loved Chapel Hill and gone out to be a journalist uh, and traveled the world, never married, and encounters the woman who he, to whom he was engaged when they were college students. and you know, challenges all the old assumptions and guesses of what would have happened if we had stayed together or what might happen if we reconnect. And this person, Lassiter James Battle, again, coached by Lassie James, is also a songwriter. Not a great songwriter, it's something he does on the side, writes lyrics and teams up in music writing partnerships. And uh, so Lassie James, um, my, my affection for this character who I imagined, um, this character in my mind, Lassiter James Battle, man who sought to find his home again back in Chapel Hill, which is an, an ancient um, story, right? Can we go home again? And my affection for this man, my interest in how the next parts of his life would unfold inspired the story. His love of uh, his mentor who is murdered, his close friendship with an old friend who owns a little pub in Chapel Hill named Pig Farm is the name of the place where they hang out. So it's in many ways, uh, while it's a mystery in the genre of, of novels, it's about relationships and love and what's going to happen next in this man's life. So John, are you indie or traditionally published? And why did you choose the path to publication that you did? The book is published by Wisdom House Books in Chapel Hill. I can't say enough great things about Ted and Clara who run Wisdom House Books. It's a terrific place. As everybody listening to this podcast knows, writing the book is entirely different from publishing the book. And uh, my experience, such as it is, is on the writing side of more academic and journalism than, than novels. So this is my first, my first novel, my first book, where I did go dig into this world of publishing, this mysterious and difficult and challenging world of publishing, and found a great fit in partnership with Wisdom House Books. I think the thing that stood out the most is Ted and Clara's interest and expertise in working with first-time authors, first-time novelists. Their track record and their experience helped me turn this collection of words and pages into a book, and the design that they brought to it 
captivates people even before they, they read the book. So it's a beautiful, beautifully constructed book and the, the, the cover design is wonderful and the process was great. So um, I um, tried lots of avenues in, in seeking publishing opportunities and, and was really lucky um, right in my backyard in Chapel Hill to find Wisdom House Books. You're not just a writer of books, but also of songs. So what music genre would you say Fair Skinned Brunette is set to? One of the great surprises, and it's still hard to believe it, it happened, but one of the great surprises from the book was getting the chance to turn lyrics from the book into 12 original songs, into an album. Um, so as I mentioned, the character, Lassiter James Battle, his friends call him Lassie James, He's been a journalist and now is finishing graduate school and seeks to become a faculty member teaching journalism. He also, over the years, has tried writing songs here and there and has had a little success. Uh, and so he noodles around with lyrics and has a great love of uh, lots of different music, Americana music, uh, roots music, blues, country. And so the, the book reflects his passion for music and includes lyrics and songs that he is um, working on. During the book, he's working on a song, for example, that's the song title is She's a Baptist and a Communist. And, and that gets people's attention when they hear he's writing a book, a song about that. The the music that emerged from the book, I guess we'd call Americana music, or, or when I was younger, it just would have been rock and roll music. And uh, Don Dixon, um, the great amazing um, musician, music producer, performer, friend, uh, who also has deep roots and ties to Chapel Hill. Uh, I'd gotten to know Don a little bit by photographing uh, his shows. i just a hobbyist photographer and like to shoot live music, and Don was kind enough to allow me to shoot a couple of reunion shows of his whole rock and roll band, uh, Arrogance. Some of you guys may remember if you were uh, rock and roll fans uh, in the years when Arrogance was performing. And I'd sent Don a manuscript of the book and said, listen, you know, one of the characters does some songwriting. You know the music industry. I'd love for you to give it a look and, and see how it reads. Does it ring true? Um, when I saw Don at a music show, he asked, you know, well, the lyrics are interesting. What are you going to do with the lyrics? And I love writing song lyrics or attempting to write song lyrics. I'm not a musician and don't read music. So I, I just thought the music, as far as the lyrics would go, would be getting them published in the book. And so we chatted a little bit and one night at, out of the the blue. I got a text with a music file attached, and Don had done a demo of uh, Baptist and a Communist, and it was a thrill. Um, it was emotional. It was fascinating to hear for the first time in my life words that I had written put to music. So I nagged Don. I guess that's the best way to put it. I was a friendly nag. I hope a friendly nag. I was definitely a nag. And over the next year, um, identified uh, 12 of the lyrics to turn into songs, and thanks to Don and Mitch Easter at the Fidelitorium, studio. Um, those guys know how to pull musicians together and run sessions and turn the, the, the words that I had and the Lassie James words into songs. So um, I, I'm excited about the novel. I'm always happy to talk about it. I would say I'm over the moon thrilled about the album because it's not something that I could have ever done by myself. And projects where you collaborate with people carry so much power because you, you feel the friendship um, in the music. So the, the album is called The Lassie James Songbook, Volume 1, and it's in most places at Stream Music. I think YouTube probably is the free place where lots of music is posted. The album, uh, again, Lassie James Songbook, Volume 1, it's on Spotify and other places. Uh, and it, it ties back to the book. I, I would say they, they do a nice, they pair together well, and it's really, I have Don's genius with Mitch in the studio also in figuring out how to create this, this work of music art 
that goes with the book. The last thing about the music, um, right for the moment, is I wanted one place where they would live together. And in the current world of publishing, the best place is an audiobook. So Chris Stamey produced an audiobook that has the spoken word of the book and all of the music together. And so for anybody who's listening to podcasts, you might be folks that like to listen to books on tape, as we used to call them before they were called audiobooks. And you can hear the music and the book together in that format. You have other publications. What can you share with listeners about those? I have written a lot over the years, as I, as I was mentioning earlier, mostly journalism work. For some years, I was a local columnist in the Chapel Hill Herald. That's a long time ago now, um, sort of 1990 to 1996 or so. I'd written some pieces for the opinion section of CNN.com, written for various journals of folks, places that you, you no one would have a reason to be familiar with, like Foundation Review, some blogs about social enterprise online. I My wife passed during COVID, in the first part of COVID, the first six months, I guess, uh, as I think back, September 2020. She and I both contracted COVID and she didn't make it, which you'd imagine is the, the transformative event in my personal life, which affects your professional life. The album was out and the book was in production um, when she passed. And I ended up writing a public piece. I was encouraged by my family and friends. I'd written a private piece about her passing. Uh, and that, I guess, would be what would be called creative nonfiction. Uh, I don't know that there is a word for writing about grief. And that was a long form piece published on CNN after my family and friends had encouraged me to share something. And that was in, I guess, December of 2020. So writing has been the way I process the world, whether I write for myself privately or whether it's writing that is shared with others. And it's been fun over the years writing about uh, silly things, uh, like a song that I wrote came out of the book called How Do You Like Your Eggs? Or sad and serious things like losing a spouse. Or made up things like a murder mystery in Chapel Hill. I, I guess I, I process the world through writing about what I observe and what I feel and what I experience. This book features my home state of North Carolina. What's your favorite part about living here in the Old North State? I have a real romance for North Carolina. It's a special place. And uh, as we get older and the hard realities of life intrude on our romantic, imaginary places, I've kept North Carolina as that special place. Uh, I, I guess my favorite part about living in North Carolina has, at this stage of my life, I would say, is I, I associate it with such great friends and curious and thoughtful people. The blessings of having such a strong system of higher education in places like Chapel Hill and Cullowee and Durham and Asheville and Wilmington, where there are universities that aggregate thoughtful, creative, curious people. You know, the, there are direct effects of that, as people say in research, and then there are these indirect or spurious connections, you know, it's still a treat after all these years to be at the Cat's Cradle in Carborough and walk across the street to the station and down the street to 506, then down to Imbibe. And in the span of a mile or so, have five or six or seven live music venues where you can go hear some of the great talent in the world up on stages. And I associate North Carolina with these places where curious, interesting, creative people come together People that have a um, some level of anti-authoritarian bent, I guess, about themselves and like to challenge ideas and like to be challenged with ideas. I think, you know, geographically, the easy answer is growing up, it was so nice to be close to the mountains and the coast and to have these beautiful natural spaces and, and the Blue Ridge Mountains and 
the southwestern part of the state in the Smoky Mountains and then these amazing natural resources and old swamps and rivers and intercoastal waterways. The, the stimulation and the, the benefits of being around these natural places are inspiring things. A day in the mountains of North Carolina is always a good day. What was your favorite song on the album to work on? Oh, my favorite song on the album uh, to work on, you know, the, it really kind of goes with the day. On different days, I feel different emotions and different favoritism toward each song. Uh, Via Blues, which is a fun, silly song. Uh, it, it may be my, have been just favorite to write because it's it's a lot of wordplay and, and Don did such an amazing job turning it into a, a blues song that makes you dance as you in your mind or, or with your feet when you're listening to it. And I, I was captivated with Bougainvillea as I started traveling earlier in my life and seeing these walls of Bougainvillea out west in the western part of the country. I'm not sure why, but Bougainvillea is an idea and an image and a visual experience that sticks with me. I mentioned How Do You Like Your Eggs, which is uh, my niece's favorite song. So in some ways that makes it my favorite song. Uh, and again, it, um, the words on the page were, were nice, and then what Don did with the music has made them spectacular, and I'm grateful for that. What advice would you give someone who is hoping to publish? For anyone hoping to publish, for the moment, stick with something like a, a novel or a mystery novel. And you know, there are lots of kinds of books to publish, self-help books or how to build a deck book or a cookbook and things like that. Writing fiction, and particularly if it's a mystery, the first answer is always write, write, write. The part you can control is the writing. So get up every day. You can make the time and write. The other is really think about audience. Fair Skin Brunette with the Porcelain Shine, the place. Mostly the book is set in Chapel Hill, and I wanted the place to be effectively a character in the book. And the University of North Carolina is part of that. There are 330,000 living alumni of the University of North Carolina, and my I was writing for an audience. I imagined my friends who had found Chapel Hill a special place might like the book. And it's been gratifying that folks I don't know who love Chapel Hill like the book, and people who don't know anything about Chapel Hill like the book too. But what created the, the void, what allowed me to find my voice was thinking about who I'm talking to and who the audience is. And I think when I was talking to publishers, uh, and it was, you know, again, Wisdom House is so good at this, one of the questions that would always come up is, well, who's your audience? Who are you writing for? And if it's a book about how to build a deck, well, the answer is I'm writing for people who want to build a deck. With a mystery, it's not always clear. I mean, you can't, I, I couldn't just say, well, I'm writing for people who like mystery books or mystery novels. That's big audience. But um, when I could describe this place and the experiences of living in a place that were special, even for people who don't know Chapel Hill, I've found people, friends of mine who um, did their university work or, or lived at at Oxford in the United Kingdom, or in Oakland, or in Newton, Massachusetts. It's people that have found places that are special to them. It resonated to read about characters who found a place that they, for which they have affection. So I think that audience, audience, audience is, is what I would say to anybody hoping to publish. Potential publishers will ask, at least in my experience, they'll ask. Where can listeners find and follow you, your books and your music, John? So the first book is out. I encourage uh, anybody trying to find it to order from a, a local independent bookseller. It's available on the, the, the other kinds of places to buy books too. You can connect with me and see uh, information about the book and the music at johnbearbooks.com. 
johnbearbooks.com. And then in North Carolina, booksellers, independent bookstores that have been so kind to me uh, include um, Old Books on Front Street in Wilmington. It's a wonderful place, and I hope you get to visit if if anybody's near Wilmington, it's worth going. Country Bookshop in Southern Pines organized an amazing book event. Uh, Quail Ridge in Raleigh, uh, probably the most famous independent bookstore in North Carolina, has been kind. And I think on my website, you can get a link and order it from Quail Ridge. So we, we continue to support our independent booksellers. The music, or the, the audiobook is where you find audiobooks, I guess is the way to say it. The music is on Spotify and f- runs free on YouTube and other places. But johnbearbooks.com is, I guess, the one-stop shop. And the, the second book, also with Wisdom House, uh, same character, uh, Lassie uh, James, will be out this summer. I was inspired um, by writers like uh, James Lee Burke and Patricia Cornwell, John Sanford, Michael Connolly, who established a character, whether it's Dave Rubbershow or Jack Reacher or Lee, you know, um, Lucas Davenport um, is a favorite, who readers become attached to and want to see what they do next. So while there's always a plot, you really have this affinity for the character. And those writers who I admire so much, my goal is to say, all right, one book down, let's keep a series of uh, stories, let's build a series of stories uh, with uh, Lassie James and his friends. And I'm excited that the second book is is in, in, in production, as they say. I guess that's the best way to say it. And those same bookstores will soon enough be a place you can get the, the second book. Thank you, John, for being part of Season 6 in the Writing Wall podcast and being our special guest this evening. We encourage all of our listeners and followers to check out his book, Fair Skin Brunette with a Porcelain Shine. And be sure to follow John on social media as well. You can visit our website for all of his links and more. And if you haven't already, check out our Buy Me a Coffee page for Season 6 Author Extras. Next Saturday is our Season 6 finale with North Carolina author Judith Turner Yamamoto and her debut novel, Loving the Dead and Gone. Because we all have a story, the Writing Wall podcast wants to hear yours. What is your story? It's Tyler Woodkowski, the publisher at Tea with Coffee Media. Tea with Coffee Media is a team of indie authors, designers, and editors who have a goal of helping indie authors make their dreams become a reality. Our Modest Press has aspirations to help as many indie authors succeed as possible. Not only do we offer publishing services, and yes, we are open for submissions, but we offer editing, marketing, and book cover design services at an affordable price to all indie authors. Visit us online at Tea with Coffee dot media to learn more about our services and some of our fabulous authors like Caitlin Kalor, Destiny Swallows, Ruby Marley, Natalie Bartley, J.A. Curtis, and our newest author, Clarissa Quattrell.
Gonna take a moment and go local here at the Writing Wall Podcast. We're talking about Kindle Unlimited for the moment and asking the question, is it actually worth it? For those of you who have tried Kindle Unlimited, you get the gist, right? It's pretty much a subscription, a monthly subscription, and you pay like $9.99 in taxes for it, and it's unlimited access to a catalog of books that boasts over 3 million titles, including audiobooks, comic books, and magazines. But unlike a library book, there is no return date, so you can keep these, and you can check them out, and you can look at them as much and as often as you like, so long as they remain part of Amazon's catalog for Kindle. I believe there's like a number, a certain number that you can check out. There's a limit to how many you can have on your Kindle, but anyway. Well, long story short, if you're like most Americans and you only read about 12 to 13 books a year, then Kindle Unlimited might be a little pricey for you because you're paying $10 a month for ebooks. And some ebooks, some Kindle books that authors put out, as we all know, are often discounted down to 99 cents or free. But now if you're not like most readers, average readers, um, which I most certainly am not, I enjoy reading a lot of books every year, so I read probably more than 12 books, <laughs> Kindle Unlimited may be a great bet for you. Was it worth it for me to try it out? It absolutely was. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the selection. I also love a lot of different magazines, so I love reading different architecture magazines, cooking magazines history magazines, things like that. So I mean, it's a great way to check out your favorite books, favorite authors for a limited price. But there's no harm in sticking with your local library either and going by to pick up your own book and getting it checked out and check it back in or even check out their magazine section because libraries are great like that. Kindle Unlimited in the meantime would make a great gift for someone. So if you're thinking about a writerly birthday gift, Christmas gift, Valentine's Day gift, you might consider Kindle Unlimited. Anytime I purchase a book, I always review, and if I really enjoy reading your work, rest assured it may be shared here on this podcast with my listeners and followers. Of course, I will do so with permission from the author or authors first. Please like, follow, and share this information with other writers, and if you ever need a writer's lift, visit me on social media. Thank you all again for being here for this podcast. I look forward to hearing from you and learning more about the stories you weave. Music